That's the core of what acting is. And you shouldn't lose that core, even when you're going in on an audition and it may be a little pissant audition for something. My name's Lee Foster, and I'm an actor living and working in Chicago. My career is going well, but I know I have a long way to go. I'm determined to become a great actor. If you are too, I hope you'll follow me as I search for the advice and experiences that will help accomplish that goal. This is action. On this episode, acting teacher and author Ron Morosco. I got to know Ron after reading his book, Notes to an Actor. It's a brilliantly simple, easy-to-apply collection of notes on acting. That's it. It has a perfect 5 out of 5 stars on Amazon, and Kirk Douglas said, I think this is the best book on acting I've ever read. Ron Morosco studied acting at the Moscow Art Theater, has a Bachelor of Art from Fordham University, and a Master's of Art and PhD in theater from UCLA. He's currently a professor of theater at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. He continues to act in TV, feature films, and theater, and his list of credits is a mile long. After finishing notes to an actor, I felt the need to thank the man who wrote it, so I found his number and I called him. We ended up talking shop for an hour and a half, and he offered me a little advice on two auditions I had the following day, one for a national commercial, the other for the TV show Empire on Fox. I thanked him and said goodbye, and the next day, I followed his advice, and I booked them both. Today, the topic is common audition mistakes. I, I think, you know, there's different times in people's lives when they're auditioning, and I think the worst, the, maybe the worst and best time is when they are hungry, meaning that sometimes because somebody is really, really hungry for a, a part, um, they come in and they're on fire. They're really just juiced with a lot of energy. Um, and so people are like, you know, we got to give him the role because he's just, he's just been, he's so wound and has been building up to this that clearly this is somebody who's going to bring more than a lot of other actors would. That's in some cases. In other cases, um, it can be a little bit like a batting slump mm-hmm. where somebody has a problem with an audition it's, or it's a role they've really wanted to get and they didn't get it and they were close. And So then they begin to second-guess themselves and then they get in a little bit of a slump. And slumps do happen. I uh, One thing I would actually recommend, there is um, a good article that Malcolm Gladwell wrote on choking mm-hmm. of all things and it's on when when people choke uh, batters choke and golfers and of course actually uh, you know in, in some of the classes i've taught on the subject of talent i've read a number of things on golf and baseball because they are sports that people really choke in part of the reason is because they're both based on very individual performances in a way football isn't you know, um, except when you're a place kicker, I guess. But for the most part, football, everyone's kind of scrambling around doing what they're doing, and you could screw up or not. But mm-hmm. baseball, it's like the whole stadium knows you're going to get up, and we're either going to lose the game or not. So that kind of pressure, the same thing with golf. And so slumps can be very common in baseball and in golf. And I actually think they can be common in auditions, that you can kind of get into an auditioning slump where when you go into the audition, you're doing more than just the audition. You're bringing in a few other past things that have happened, and you're not having them fuel you, but instead they're making you 
be more self-conscious about yourself or kind of terrified that this audition also could add to your slump if it doesn't go well. So a spirit of that can be hanging in the air when you walk in. Um, so I, either of those things are, are problems. So I think some of it is making sure that of all things to think, it, it sounds like a weird thing, but an audition is just an audition. You know, right. it's not a litmus test of your worth. Mm-hmm. And if you turn it into a litmus test of your worth, you are in, in any way, if you allow it to become that, you are going to not get that part. That is, I would bet, if I was a betting person and could figure out how to bet on this, it would be, you'd make a windfall of money. Because people that go in with that idea, that this is a litmus test of my worth, they're carrying a whole different thing into the audition. And they're not ready, to, they're not there to perform, actually. They're not there to act. They're there to kind of do something else, which is a, a sort of frustrated personal test. Mm-hmm. And I just think it shuts down whatever create, you know, whatever the really special um, kind of corpuscles of creativity that you need open in your body when you go in there. It just kind of shuts down a bunch of them. So that's the first thing, is just whatever it is. You know, Stanislavski used to say, you, you know, you have to go in, wipe your feet before you walk into a room. In some ways, it's that. It's, you, have to have, you have to be clean before you walk into the audition. Mm-hmm. You, you have to leave all of that other stuff outside. So I think that's a big deal, is watching out for that. Um, and that the audition is just the audition. And I think that said... I think a mindset is not just that you're going to get the part, but that you're also, whether you do or don't get the part, which can very often come down to very small features of things that have nothing necessarily to do with your acting. But it is to go in and say, I want to show that I'm a really good actor. And, you know, say, look, of the hundred people that are going to audition for this, I want them to know, no matter what, if I come away and they go oh, he's definitely one of the top five out of a hundred, that is not something a casting person is going to forget. Right. It's their job to remember. So they'll know that you're good. And so that, that I think, is... Um, I got... Uh, my friend Patricia Clarkson, who is the actress, said that this is the best... The only career advice she ever gives to people is never waste an audition. Mm-hmm. That if every time you audit, they go, that is a really good actor, they will remember because the fact is that just doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. And we and when you, you know acting, you remember. I know this from movies. I mean, I have often seen somebody who's become huge, and I can trace it back to something. I remember years ago going with one of my nieces or nephews to this thing that Ryan Gosling was in called Murder in the First, I think it was. Um, and or Murder something murder. And it was a little kind of bubblegum murder thing. And I thought, I don't know who this kid is, but he is. And I mean, he's an off the charts good actor. Mm-hmm. So I think you, you know, I think that has happened with casting people a lot, that they've seen somebody do something. 
and uh, they they go, well, this is you know they may not be right for this role or whatever. But good acting is good acting, and what you want to do is not necessarily just get the role, but you want to once again have an opportunity to show what a good actor you are. You know, this is. I just want to interject really quickly that what you were just saying rings a bell for me for something that I saw in um, the movie Out of Sight, which was not a spectacular movie or anything, but it was that George Clooney and Jennifer yeah. Lopez. Mm-hmm. That, um, but anyways, there's a scene at the beginning where George Clooney um, he's uh, like robbing a bank and he goes up to this one customer who's sitting with a banker and he's talking to him like he knows him and as like a, a strategy to uh to blend in or something and then he leaves and the this actor who's sitting down it's just this guy i've never seen him before and his only line in the whole movie he never comes up again is he just looks at the banker and he goes who's that but he does it in such a convincing way mm-hmm. that like i remember seeing that and this was years ago and i was like damn like that was an awesome line yeah and and, and look around for him because he's probably done other things i'm sure um, I think that I think that that's very very common. Look, I think acting is not that different than singing. Um, you know, if you you can hear somebody sing "Happy Birthday" and know if they can sing, and I think it's the same exact thing with um, with, with 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 acting. So that that's another thing is just know that you know the job is one thing and the audition is is is, is something else. I would, you know, take any cues that you get from people, but you also can't really, um, you know, you, 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 I wouldn't, I would stick to the material. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. I think you have to, I think you have to stick to the material. And I think always the hardest thing to do is be believable, really believable. And, you know, I think that's the biggest, the biggest issue. Is is believability? The person that it's exactly what you just said about that guy. He said, "Who's that?" And he said it in a way that really made it sound like it was absolute reality. Yeah, yep. Um, that the person was pretending, really, in the circumstances, got it. And and that's the rarer thing. That's what we're going to notice. Right. Because you know, of all the things that acting is, that's the rarer thing. Um, emotion, not so much. I mean, everybody talks about emotion as being a big deal, and of course it is, but look, we have all seen actors be unbelievably emotional mm-hmm. um, in all settings. They'll turn on any soap opera, and everybody's got you know snot dripping out of their nose. They're crying so hard. So it isn't just emotion. I think, obviously, that's very important. But the rarer thing is believability. Yeah. The rarer thing is believability, and that's the thing that actors have to always be catching themselves on. Say, if somebody looked in a window now, would they think, "Oh, that's a guy rehearsing a scene," you know? And even though you're doing the scene well, you still may look like someone doing the scene well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing to always pay attention to: is is you know, is this believable? Am I believable? Am I really believable? So let me ask you this. Um, you gave me, and this is going to be, this is a, this was a recorded call that will be in a, an episode um, so people can listen to it. But you gave, you, you gave me advice on the Empire script before I ever went into to audition for it. Right. And 
I came away with a number of things, but the number one thing that I came away with and what I was thinking about leading up to the audition and right before the audition was all I'm going to do is try to be believable. I'm just going to just going to try to do it the way it would normally be done in real life, and that's it. And Mm -hmm. I booked that, and then the next time I went in, it was for a commercial, Mm -hmm. and it was like a – it was a script, like a – it wasn't like a holding a product spokesperson type thing. It was just like, you know, a a scene, and all I thought about was I'm just going to try to be believable, and I booked that too. So that was amazing, first of all, and I thank you for that. But I'm curious, when it comes to, like, bigger roles – like say it's a full episode role on a TV show, does there come a point where you have to start thinking about I need to show them what I can do, even though I'm only getting... Well, you only have what you can do in the material they've given you. So, you know, you have to... um, It it would be like you're a singer being told, okay, all I want you to do is sing Happy Birthday and think, well... Should I make happy birthday sound like Ave Maria? Mm-hmm. That's probably not going to help you. You have to do whatever they give you really well. Right. And I don't think you should think – I think a lot of times actors try to turn a small thing into an opportunity to show sure. how they can act. <laughs> yeah. a, a character is not somebody whose job it is to show you how well I can act. and. And it also makes you seem like an amateur because it's like, oh, I see, you're not playing the role, you're trying to prove something else. Right. You know, um, so sometimes people in either smaller roles are doing something a little too much. Or you go, oh, okay, well, this is my big moment. Um, I think it's still the same basic thing. No character knows that it is in a show. (laughs) You know? Right. So no character, it doesn't know it's the lead in the series. They're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I think you can trust that. Um, And, um, you know, because you don't, you may not get certain roles, it doesn't mean that you're not acting right. Right. And I'm I'm assuming that, I'm just thinking about this now, but I'm assuming that if they need to see that you're able to do something, that's going to be in the side. Without question it is. Without question. I mean, they know, they have, you know, they can get whatever they want out of people. Right, right. And much more they are looking at part of the reason, and then everyone gets angry with it. Well, they just cast me as, you know, I'm I'm a, 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 a tall, blonde, not-so-bright athlete who's a little quirky, and I'm always going up for tall, blonde, not-so-bright athletes who are a little quirky role. Well, there's a reason for that, because they know that you're most apt to be believable like that. Mm-hmm. The people that produce movies and plays, well, not so much, but movies and TV shows, what they want is everybody to believe that the they are the characters. They want people to get swept up. They don't want people on Downton Abbey to become stars. They want us to go, oh, my God, what's going to happen to the little maid or whatever. Right, right. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's what they're after. They're They're after believability, which is a lot of times – very often actors will get roles. Certainly it happens a lot in T V where they're cast in a role and they're not you know, it's not like they were super duper stars. We sometimes the reason somebody is cast is because they're not stars. We don't know who they are. So we get to know them as oh, the butler on Downton Abbey of some kind or another. Mm-hmm. 
And so we don't have a lot. They become stars, and then we find out who they're stupid and every other thing that happens in their life and whatever. But at first, it's just they are so etched in our mind as as that character. And that's what they want. They want that you are going to believe it enough to get tuned in and come in and watch it every week and get swept up in the imaginative circumstances. I really think that you could have a very prosperous and successful acting career approaching it from simply, I'm going to pretend. You know yeah. where I think actors really develop sometimes, you know, can learn something about acting is when they're in a, a long run of a play and they go, well, the reviews are either in or not in, so we're either wonderful or we're not, whatever. And yet they still have to do it eight times a week for three months. Mm-hmm. And then you go, well, what's the fun of doing it? You're going to go crazy unless you go, oh, it's the original fun that what I used to think was fun about acting, which is I get to play a role. I get to deeply immerse in a fictitious world. I get to open myself up and use parts of myself that I can't use all day long. I get to form deep sort of soul connections with other human beings feeling. All of that is what is just comes from pretending, you know, mm-hmm. enjoying pretending, playing the role. Um, and I think that... I think that's a fairly good approach to take. Weirdly, once somebody becomes a star, they go back to that approach. And that's why you have some careers like a Meryl Streep or a Tom Hanks. They, they've got a million awards. They've got all the notoriety and money they could ever want in their life. But they still keep working. And they keep working because they love that original thing of pretending to be certain kinds of characters. Right, and so they just keep working at it, and they're doing. You know, you almost think, well, why don't they retire? You know, they've they've done it because they like it, and what they like is playing different roles, or not just different roles that you have to play an array of characters, because not everybody does Meryl Streep where she becomes like a different human being. There are other people like you know Tom Hanks doesn't do that particularly. He doesn't wear a whole bunch of you know make up or change himself or use a lot of accents, but he just puts himself in different sort of roles of life, mm-hmm. different things to feel. And you almost see this part of himself going, oh, my God, to be that, to be a person who's had that happen. I would love to try that, you know, that it originally goes back to that thing that actors have, which is I want to be everything. Oh, I want to be in the this or I, oh 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 no, I'm military. I oh, I to be a, to be like a fucking badass military. And then you go, oh no no, but it would be better to care about other people and and be somebody who deeply loves. And oh my God, people are dying, and I can help. All that shit actors go through mm-hmm. about being human beings. That's the core of what acting is, and you shouldn't lose that core. Even when you're going in on an audition, and it may be a little pissant audition for something. Right. You know, you still say, well, who am I? Who is this character? Who is this person? What's it going to be like to be that? And and get it gets kind of swept up in the milieu of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, go, well, okay, I, I've never been convicted of a crime. I've never had handcuffs on me. So now I'm playing somebody who's facing 30 years in prison, and I have to do a monologue. That's incredible. It's so enjoyable. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, you know, when I was played the uh, judge on uh, major crimes, it was so enjoyable. Because I was, I mean, that's my courtroom, and I, <laughs> I can 
everyone's staring at you, and you're like, I'm not fucking judge. Yeah. It's fun. It's enjoyable to be swept up in that and be like, well, I spend a day. I said to the producer, I was getting with the producer, and I said, I said, he was said, said something nice to me, and I said, well, here's the thing. I'm not doing this because I, I, I'm being an actor. I really just want to be a judge, and it was, was the only way I could do it. Right. Um, because it was enjoyable. It was fun to have one be able to live out your imagination in a real way and really pretend to be somebody in some sort of a situation. And I think you're going to have a very good acting career if you keep that going for yourself. You know what I mean? That same basic spark, which frankly is not that different, weirdly. It's not that different than the same spark that makes us want to watch a movie. Why do you go to a movie? To, yeah, to, to be in a different world for a while. Sure. So you watch Captain Phillips and you go, oh, my God, that you're on this boat, you've been held, these people, and yet you're somehow weirdly bonding with them, and yet you're terrified, and you're not somebody that's had to be a hero, and you're put in this sewage situation to be here. It's exactly what you said. You're bonding with them. Mm-hmm. You're loving that world. You're getting swept up in that whole world. You're slightly pretending to be them. Mm-hmm. And so it's always interesting. And it's not work, you know. And I think that's how you should approach acting, whatever it is. That it's a chance to extend your humanness and feel something that you haven't yet maybe felt. Or maybe feel something that you have felt and yet so you really deeply understand it. And and parlay it into that. You know, and this is true of anything. You've been doing Henry V and you're, you know, playing a soldier in Henry V. Well, I haven't been a soldier. I don't know what it is to sleep in mud. I know what it is. I don't know what it is to wake up, you know, the next morning and three of the people that I was talking to the night before are dead. But I get to play all of that and feel all of that and extend my humanity to all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's really enjoyable. In the same way it's enjoyable if you go and watch it and you really get swept up. So the mm-hmm. job is to get swept up, you know. And to put yourself in a condition where you can get swept up by the pretend of it. And just because you're playing a small role on a whatever TV, you still get swept up. So you're a Goonie teacher on Glee. Okay, well, you get you get to know what it's like to be swept up in the world of being a Goonie teacher. And for most actors, that's what got them into it. I think there is an ego component to acting that you like people clapping for you, you like people complimenting you, you like the fact that you were told you were doing something better than other people. That's definitely there. And that's a a useful thing because it gives you moxie and it gives you pride to do a good job and it gives you a little bit of a competitive edge, which isn't the worst thing. But what really makes somebody want to be an actor is they like getting swept up. And the real magic moment for everybody will be a moment they were in high school, but it was a moment where they were swept up. And let me give you an example. Bradley Cooper, who was just on Broadway in The Elephant Man, he had done Elephant Man years ago, I think in his early college. And that might have been the first time he got swept up and really got swept up. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just that people were complimenting him. On the contrary, it was something totally different. It was it was not about selfishness. It was almost about generosity. It was about losing yourself in something. It was about the feeling of getting swept up, of being pulled along on the tide of what 
imagination and pretend and acting really can be. If you go back to actors' lives, what really made them be an actor, it wasn't the moment that everyone was just cheering and clapping. That figures in a little bit. It definitely does. As it would for an athlete, of course. Yeah, it was great, and then they carried me off the field. But the fact is, you're not going to be an athlete if you're just waiting to get carried off the field. You're an athlete because you love to play. And same thing with acting. You know, you loved that moment of being swept up where for a second you just were overwhelmed, overcome so deeply into the circumstances that you knew there was a, an altered state mm-hmm. that you were in. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing that is the core of acting. That's what you should keep in mind before you walk into an audition. Really right. remind yourself of that. And, you know, I'm thinking while you're talking, I'm thinking all about what I've been trying to do and my, you know, the last however many years that I've been acting. Um, and really, <clears throat> I think that it wasn't till I had the um, – because I, I always – thought that the best thing to do was to try to be natural, just to always that, – that that was the gold standard. Well, believable is not necessarily natural, believable you know, because strange. sometimes people can create a veneer of casualness that they think is realism. Sure. But, it, but it's not. Right. So that's something actually you do have to watch out for. But continue what you were saying. So basically, until I had the reassurance – from you that that was what I should be working toward, I never was able to really enjoy auditioning because I never was able to say, I I was never able to just go, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do, I'm just going to be this paramedic for the next three months. Well, and you get so many mixed messages, I think. Absolutely. About what acting is supposed to be. But at at its bottom line, you know, you have to know what it is. I remember, you know, I used to do this thing a lot where I'd ask people, what's the key to their profession? And um, I found fascinating things. And I, one of my nephews had a friend who was a great baseball pitcher. He's actually now in the majors. And I said to him, what's the key to pitching? And pitching? And I was expecting him to say, you know, you have to stay relaxed. You have to do this. Have to. He said, getting strikes. Right. And so that's what you have to know. There's a basic thing. And that's what you're saying about acting. Be believable. Right. That's the key. If you just do that, great. That will carry you very, very far. You know, if the only thing you do as a pitcher is get a lot of strikes, you'll do okay. Right. And and everybody else will make adjustments adjustments around you. Yeah. And I think knowing that when you go in, knowing what you're supposed to be doing, is a very freeing thing. Absolutely it is. This brings up another point. I talked to, I know this, I have a friend who's an actor in Hollywood, and he he booked like a this big commercial, and then he booked a role on a TV show, and I talked to him like right after he'd done that, just to ask him kind of what he was doing, and he said something, and this was not, I knew it wasn't something he'd ever read, or something that a, a teacher had told him or something, because I kind of worked it out of him. He said, I know I did well if when I leave the audition, I didn't judge myself while I was in there. Like if uh, I judged myself after, but yeah. not one in there, I know I did okay. Uh-huh. And, so I think and I think that's absolutely... That, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, he 
he wasn't questioning what he was doing while he was in there. Right. And questioning, I think you've you've hit on a really, really important thing and a really important way of talking about it. To never question what you're doing while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always tell people, in, in any student I deal with, and this isn't just an acting, I say, never worry. Because worrying is not working, but it feels like working. Mm-hmm. So it's literally better not to ever worry. You know, very few then people say, well, then well, won't you not care about the role? Oh, well, I doubt it. You know, I doubt if someone's acting career isn't going to work because they just didn't care enough about the audition to show up. Right. I mean, that doesn't happen. That's never happened ever. Uh-huh. Um, the issue is that you carry that worry with you, you know. And uh-huh. so that idea of training yourself never to question yourself, at least while you're doing it. Right. Chances are that that's actually going to be the root of what makes you be good. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I said in notes to an actor, and I've said this very early on, is it's a quote of from a poem by T.S. Eliot, and it's it's I think such a great actor quote. And he says he said um, he says teach me to care and not to care, and I think that's a really really important thing that you have to train yourself sort of yes you care. But when you're doing it, you have to train yourself not to be caring how that's happening. You know? Right. And to right. care about what? What are you supposed to be doing there? You put yourself in a condition where you'll be able to be swept up. Mm-hmm. To put yourself in a condition where you're able to be swept up while still doing what you're supposed to do. Because you don't want an actor to go to hear, oh, what you do is you put yourself in a condition to be swept up. So what I'll do is I'll go put my feet on the table and I'll act real calm. Well, that's not the fucking scene, so don't do that. Uh You know, I'll pause a lot because I'm not yet in a condition to be swept up. Okay, well, great, but that's not what you're supposed to be doing either. Right. You have a form to follow. You have words to follow. You have a character to follow. Given all of that. What can you do to put yourself in a condition to be swept up into it? And I think if you keep thinking of those two things, because it's very easy to do one without the other. The problem with a lot of acting classes is it's all about, well, here's what you need to do to get swept up. Great, but you're not going to have a chance to do that on a movie set. You, you know, there's a form that you have to follow, and you've got to be able to get swept up in a very, very strict form. You know, I mean, I'm sure basketball players, what if basketball practice was, well, what we do in practice is we take away all the lines and we lower the basket. Right. Well, great, but that's not what's going to be like out there. And that's mm-hmm. why I don't like some of the non-script-related stuff that goes on in acting classes. Mm-hmm. Because eventually, the clock is going to be on, the script is going to be there, the movements are going to be prescribed, and you're going to have to be able to work within that. Within those limits, within that form, what can you do to put yourself, what what puts you in a condition of being most likely to be what I'm calling swept up? Tell me. Well, I think it's slightly different for everybody. I think in your case, it was to just say, look, I'm a paramedic. I'm going to pretend to be a paramedic. I think that root of pretend, say, hey, I get to be this. You know, when we read a big story about something, you find yourself getting swept up. You empathize. 
You know, you read a New Yorker story, and this is about a refugee. And well, for a moment, you're there, and so you say, "I'm going to play this. I'm going to be this. This is what is it to pretend to be this, and to feel what that's like, and to let my emotions go there, and to let myself experience all of this stuff." That's why actors love props, and they love stuff. If you said, if an, if somebody said to you, "This is a role." that I need you to do, but you're going to learn, need to learn how to fly a plane, but we'll pay for your lessons, you'd be like, oh, my God, fantastic. You said to an actor, you have to use a gun. Oh, terrific. Or you have to wear a certain thing or, or anything. They're like, give me stuff. Let me be things. Terrific. Fantastic. You know, they want to get swept up. It's, it's the fun of being swept up, the joy of being swept up, and the humanity of letting yourself be swept up. But I think in order to – what is that condition? It's slightly different for each person. Somebody has to – you know, what, what gets them swept up is only thinking of the feelings of, of this character so, or, or, their, or maybe their own feelings. Uh-huh. Um, for somebody else, it's I have to lock on the other person and I, I don't care about myself, but it's, I'm trying to create a crackle between me and somebody else. For someone else, they just go in relaxed and say, I just got to be relaxed and open – um, you know, whatever it is, you have to know your own your own mechanism, and you can't choose somebody else's thing. Uh-huh. You know, it's just like what you do would do working out. You'd say, "Well, this feels right to me." So, no, no, I, I never do that. When I first work out, I first do this. All right, fine, do that. <laughs> whatever. You got to know what works for you. And right. So, but it's what puts you in that condition where I can follow this form of the audition, the script, the tightness, the whatever, the movements. The closeness, the lack of naturalness, which is I'm standing here, there's a camera on me, I'm talking to a casting person who's playing five different roles. All of that, but within that, how can I still be swept up in when I'm doing that uh-huh. and begin to, to feel that? I actually think a lot of it's muscle memory. Right. You know, kind of like sports, you, you just uh-huh. keep putting yourself in a, it's a slightly physical condition of a way of being. It's more physical than people think, that that idea of I'm just going to kind of chill myself a little bit to be ready to be swept up. How does it feel in your body? Right. The, one of the great problems of acting is the term method. Uh-huh. Not having to do with what Stanislavski taught or, or that. It's It just made it actually a methodological approach. And methodological approaches do not work for something that's not a methodological experience. Right. Methodological approaches work for a computer because I do step one, and then if step two has to happen, and or then I have to do step three or step four won't happen. That's methodological. Acting is not that. What people don't realize is Stanislavski, when he was younger, he studied to be an engineer. So he actually had a kind of engineering part of himself. Mm-hmm. And so he was a bit of a wonk. And he liked, he changed the method a lot, and he came up with all kinds of things, and there were always charts and things, and a little, a little too, you know, engineering for my taste, frankly. And yet, obviously, there was great things about it, and pieces that were used, but it ended up being codified or a, a connotation in people's mind that acting is a methodological approach, and it isn't. It isn't. You can't approach a non-methodological experience methodologically. It would be like saying, "How oh, you falling in love is methodological, right? You know, or 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 even sex is methodological." Well, good luck. 
Mm-hmm. If that's not the nature of the experience, mm-hmm. and that's not the nature of the experience of acting, you know. So I think when you go in there, you can't really be too methodological about it. You have to put yourself in a condition, uh, an almost physical condition, of being able to say, "I'm I'm open to what I need to be open to," while at the same time accomplishing what I know I need to accomplish. Right. I think um, if we were listening to the, the vast majority of the audience who's going to be listening to this is they might say something like, like, I understand that this is what I should be doing, but I'm so nervous. It's just a normal part of the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a pilot that's up, you know, it's like, well, suppose you realize that you're at 31,000 feet and this plane could drop out of the sky at any moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah, but that's probably not the best thing to be thinking about. And most pilots never think that probably. Right. So I wouldn't think of that. Yeah, you're nervous. All right. So what? Try not to look it. Thank you for listening to Action. If you like this podcast, please rate it on iTunes. If you'd like to find out more about me, go to lee-foster.com. That's L-E-I-G-H-F-O-S-T-E-R.com. Click the Notes to an Actor link in the upper right-hand corner to find out more or to purchase Ron Morosco's book. I cannot recommend it enough.